Hello, hello. Welcome to the Chase Talks Hip Hop Podcast. It's your host, Chase Hill. And I am here because I want to discuss a few things. The first one being Nas's monumental Grammy win and it being his first Grammy. This really baffles me. Like, I am confused that, like, this is Nasir's first Grammy. After everything he's done, from Illmatic to Hip Hop is Dead to the Untitled album, everything that goes into it, it, it really gets to me how he didn't get one earlier but then I have the argument where I've said before I don't really believe that people should care about the Grammys or give a fuck so there are these sides of me that battle but lord knows though that this that that the Grammys are a great business decision like if you get a Grammy it boosts your business that's why it's a good thing and um the fact of the matter that it took so long for for Nas to get what he is deserved that's crazy to me that is really crazy because if you look at the the career of Nas, he has always been dropping gems. Even if you don't like every single album, every whatever. I know there's the argument that Nas picks black beats. I don't believe in that argument and I would dispute it fully. But um, the fact that Nas won a Grammy for King's Disease, I wanted to say congratulations to the legend and just really just give some praise. There were a lot of great albums he was going up against and King's Disease won. I personally enjoyed King's Disease. I thought it was a great album. I think it was a great mix of uh, older Nas and more nuanced Nas, like the classic rhymes, the, the storytelling. I thought it was a good balance for Nas and I really enjoyed it. And, um, and the album grew on me. And I think it's interesting where his last album, Nasir, got a lot of flack. I, coming back to it, I think Nasir, that album has aged really well. And I, I think it's kind of underrated considering the content on it. And yeah, the Grammys, again, like this is just really crazy too because uh, I, I know Beyonce did very well. Congratulations to her. Congratulations to Megan Thee Stallion. She's getting a huge pay boost. Um, you know, the Grammys, again, like, I think that this this year they really tried to, you know, again, because they, they had to put their foot in their mouth quite a bit. You know, they gave Macklemore all the Grammys that one year. I, I feel like they're, there's a point that they've hit where they're realizing that people, especially hip-hop fans, aren't really respecting all the decisions that they have been making. So looking forward into it, Nas winning the Grammy is really dope and important. And it's been that one thing that people have always said about Nas, that he doesn't have Grammys, blah, 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 like Jay has the Grammys. Yeah, Jay has the Grammys, but a lot of this shit is industry shit. This is like industry shit, and it makes me think, was Nas getting blackballed by the Grammys? Because he's been nominated quite a bit, and it's pretty crazy he hasn't won once. Like, And I'm not clear fully if... I, I, maybe he won a Grammy for songs or, or other things etc but i am I, from what i read this is his first ever grammy and that to me is such treachery and that is blasphemy if you ask me if i were working for the grammys in 05 um or 06 like i mean how the hell is hip-hop is dead not a contender like that's a great album i think hip-hop is dead is a great project and i could do a podcast on that album and that in and that of itself because of the content in it and just the name of it and the fucking ballsiness of Nas to make an album titled Hip Hop Is Dead. You know, that's pretty fucking ballsy. And that's just the type of character Nas is and it shows through. As far as the Grammys go, the Grammys are hilarious as far as all that. I didn't even watch them. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I want to say I watched the Grammys, but to be frank, I didn't. 
I did not get the chance to see the Grammys, and I'm happy I didn't. But the results, you know, I'm happy Nas won. And especially when you look at the contenders of, was it Freddie Gibbs, Royce the Five Nine? Who else am I thinking of? Like, they're, they, all, all of the contenders were really fucking good. So that's, that's a tough crowd to beat. And on top of that, I think my other issue with the Grammys is maybe in them trying to correct their mistakes of the past, they kind of fucked up. Because it's there isn't recognition for little baby and what he did. There isn't a recognition for the the baby, you know. And it makes me think like, is this just a matter of people not knowing how to label things? Maybe it's that. Maybe music and genres are melding so much that people don't know what to do. But it definitely felt like hip hop to its truest, purest form. Those nom those nominations were purest. All of those, and I remember I did a breakdown about all the nominees, and I know I'm I'm blanking on a lot of them right now. But the albums that were there were amazing, and they deserve to be there. But there's also this other consideration of the conversation of, you know, we just as much as we're, we're going to support the purists, we need to support the new wave. You know, we need to support the little babies. You know, we need to support everybody. You know, like fucking. I think it, it is interesting to see the side of it and shit and see where music is going. And um, it, it, it's like, again, I think hip-hop in itself, like, there needs to be a new award show where we break this up a little bit. Like, we need to be better about subgenres if we're going to do this and categorization because there are a lot of subgenres within hip-hop. And now whenever I talk about this shit, I always have an internal battle where I have the Charles Hamilton mentality on one side saying, hey, music is music, fuck it, be free and flow and create. And then there's the business side that does come into play. And that's where genres and labeling really comes from. If you ask me, I think it, it really is purely damn near a business decision because people are really trying to mark up and put everything into a category, put it into words and sell it off as a product. That's why everything is barcoded. And for Nas to drop as many albums as he has, as many good albums, by the way, mind you, good albums, I, I, he's been nominated a lot, but my thing is too, I think Life is Good, in 2012, I believe he was nominated, I can't remember who won, but Life is Good is a pretty good album, I like that by, by Nas quite a bit, and it was a, it had a personal concept to it about his divorce, and I really like that album, I enjoy it very thoroughly, and I, I get bugged out, like, how the fuck, you know, did, um, how the fuck did that not win, it, it's, there are so many things, like, it had Stay on it, by No ID, all of it, but, um, mainly, I just want to say congratulations to Nas, he, he deserves all the success he gets, I listened to a podcast with him and Rick Rubin, it's very interesting, Broken Record, and if you want to hear Nas, let's talk about where he came from, who he is, that's a great podcast to listen to. Now, anyway, let's talk about g Easy and his management group, the Blueprint Group, and how they, they... By the way, this car is coming from a podcast. This podcast is coming live from a car, by the way, just so you know. So if you hear any noise, it's because I'm in L.A. and I'm driving on the fucking 405. But I have to do this podcast. I only have so much time in the day. But I want to give you guys uh, my purest and most honest reaction to all of this. And um, as far as g Easy's management... From what I know, he wasn't unaware. So I'm going to kind of give g Easy a little bit of benefit of the doubt here. You know, because he, you know, might not have known. He might not have known. Maybe his management group didn't tell him that they were talking to a company that, were, that was going to be paying money to boost his streams. 
but part of me also feels like it's unrealistic that they wouldn't communicate to him because they were they were going to put in a lot of money uh, $36,000 a month to be specifically to buy him 240 million plays and this is where it gets interesting with the black market and the streaming black market specifically and how Rolling Stone did this article to expose it yada yada listen guys that's real there are people who buy streams remember j cole how many people how many um faking their streams getting their plays from machines think about this shit think about the lines okay and g easy you know considering to his last couple of projects haven't been the most successful do you, were they leaning towards that kind of uh, as a way to hedge their bets <laughs> because <coughs> because it, it really it doesn't seem sensible because it did hurt his reputation quite a bit. And g Easy, as like talented as he is, you know, again, like this is a ruthless industry, very fucking ruthless. So this this is hurting g Easy somewhat, and just the way it looks. But um, as far as it goes for him, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, and I don't think he knew about it. Maybe he didn't know. And if he did, okay. But if he didn't, there is a little bit of room of understanding. Like, how the fuck this happened? Like, maybe his management just didn't talk, uh, speak uh, to G-Eazy about it until afterwards. And maybe G-Eazy reacted negatively. Or maybe G-Eazy came up with the idea and he encouraged it. And now, faking streams is something as an independent artist, I, I, don't, I don't like it. Because here's where I'm coming from. It's already hard enough to make it in this music business when you're independent. Now you're adding the factor of these guys already have huge budgets behind them. G-Eazy already has a marketing budget behind them whenever he drops an album or whatever, a song. Anything these guys drop, it has a huge marketing budget. Now you add to the fact that he's buying streams, that you yeah, all right, okay, so, so the game is really rigged now and it is a money game and now we know it. You gotta spend money to make money. I just don't want young artists to look at this shit and lose hope or be so fucking flustered because there are ways to make money in this music industry without doing that and without completely selling yourself, you know, and streams are going to come, but you want them to be organic and you want them to be real because, yeah, you could have millions of streams, sure, you could buy those, but that doesn't translate to real fans. It doesn't translate to the stage. That's what I mean. So it doesn't matter if GEZ does buy those streams. Those aren't real fans, people. And maybe whatever, if they promote the song, they're ensuring listens. Okay? Because that's the thing. Buying streams is... is It's a rigged game. You're cheating if you're buying streams. It is how it is. If you're buying listens, you're cheating. Okay? And there might be like smaller named artists or independent artists, yeah, who maybe have bought streams. But... For the most part, again, this is payola we're talking here. This is this to me is in the same area as payola. But because streaming is so new, there is a gray area. Streaming is such a fucking gray area to it. And it has a lot of negative connotations. It has a lot of positive connotations, however you want to see it. But the fact of the matter is, if g Easy knew about this and he was encouraging it, okay, maybe I might look at him differently. But then again... G-Eazy is just a dude who got caught. His management group got caught. Who are the other artists that this that this group manages? And are they just buying streams for to, to, to hedge their bets? Are they doing that? Maybe they are. Like, again, nothing really surprises me. So maybe they're doing that to hedge their bets and try to sell records or get more streams or make it look a certain way. There are so many things that come into play here. 
But if, if, if we go down to it and we look at it like this side, okay, GEZ didn't do anything. It was purely his management group. The, the results are still the same, guys. Even if GEZ might not have done it, didn't have intent to do so, and he surprises me just, let's say GEZ is just surprises me and you listening or talking. I see a lot of issue just in the results of it because, yeah, even if the intent wasn't there, he is still getting a major boost. It's like saying, you know, I got to go into a fight and I, you know, unknowingly, unbeknownst to me, my coach is giving me steroids. Let's, let's, let's look at that. Isn't that interesting? So let's say my coach is feeding me steroids and I don't know, he's just sprinkling in my water and then I go, I knock the guy out in the first round of a boxing match. Okay. Now, maybe I didn't have intent to cheat, but did I still cheat? Yeah, I still cheated, guys. Like, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. And with G-Eazy, I do think that he is a very special and talented artist. And I don't want any of this stuff, you know, to, to fuck him up too much. But he did make a mistake more so in choosing his management. And this is something that he has to fix. And as far as artistry goes in hip-hop, hip-hop is extremely hard on fraud shit. So the best thing that honestly he could do is just eat some humble pie and talk to his management group, figure this out, try to clarify if he didn't have anything to do with it. Because I think him going radio silent isn't the best thing to do. And this is no judgment towards G-Eazy. Whenever I talk about an artist or anything regarding artistry, I am never coming from a place of judgment at all in any sense, especially in this industry that is full of so much gray area and jadedness. I am not doing that. Me, personally, I'm just coming from the, the idea of fairness. And was this stuff fair that went on? No, by any means, it isn't fair. And it isn't fair for any independent artist or major label artist who has to compete with it. It's, he is literally, it's like the equivalent of audio steroids he's doing. Okay, now back to my rant. Now, everything regarding this stuff is fishy. It's more so fishy for the management group. It's not looking as bad for GEZ. I think people are giving them the benefit of the doubt. And if they don't, they don't. That is what it is. It's the court of public opinion. And not everyone is treated fairly, sure. But um, I, you got to think, though, if he's doing it, if GEZ is buying streams, people, think about it. Who else is? Who else is buying streams? If GEZ is buying streams, if GEZ is buying streams, who else is doing it? And, um, you know... Like, I'm not going to mention names, but you got to pose this question. If he's doing it, who else is? You have to ask yourself this, and you, you have to. Like, this is just something you got to ask yourself as a fan, and you got to think, okay, where is music going? And this brings me to something else. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Should we really look at that? I know Joe Budden has made a lot of statements about that, and I got respect for Joe. And I actually don't disagree with them fully. I don't. I don't disagree with them. I think in some areas numbers don't lie. You know, in some areas numbers do not. But now we are looking at streaming, and we see it turns out they do. Now this is going to be a big revelation for how people change up. And now we've already seen it. We see that you don't need to be the best at music to, to acquire a fan base. What if someone has a rich ass uncle? And he's like, hey, I want to go buy some streams, build this up, look good. And then maybe from that, boom, they, they look legit because they have so many streams. But in reality, they don't have a fan base. They don't have shit. They put a bunch of money into listens 
and maybe they, they hope to recoup it, but they're not going to recoup buying streams. It's mainly a promotional ploy because people look at the numbers, but oh, well, he has all these numbers. He must be good. He, she must be good. She has all these numbers, all these listeners, so this must be good music. Again, this is all psychology. It's trickery. And I want to ask you, do men lie, women lie, so do numbers. Is that true? Do numbers lie also? In, in, in the area of streaming, yeah. Do numbers lie in ticket sales? No. Numbers do not lie in ticket sales. People got to show up to the show and they have to buy tickets. Think about this shit, people. Think about this. So is the true metric how big artist is based off streaming? I think if people see it as such, they need to get things checked out in their head. And I think the music industry needs to take a, a different approach. If this is how the management groups are going to be handling things by reaching out to CD stream player, whatever the fuck you want to call them, I think that's not good. There are better ways to do things outside of payola, better ways to promote. And I know that people are competitive and they'll do whatever to get an edge, including cheating. And I take this back to sports all the fucking time. It doesn't matter the intent. You could be cheating, uh, you know what I mean? You could be Lance Armstrong where everyone else is cheating. So you, you have to cheat. <laughs> you know, you could be, or you could be the, the guy I just explained who doesn't know they're cheating. Or you could be fucking somebody who is intentionally going for it, being, yeah, I'm going to buy these streams. I'm going to do what I can to look a certain way. Okay. There are so many angles to look at this and a lot of ways to cut this pie in. And if you want to look at the financial end of it, is it really that smart? Is there really that much to get out of it? And that's, I don't know. And, and when these conversations come up, I just want people to have a little bit more self-awareness regarding this where we need to look at these numbers better and we just can't give so much credit. Like, oh, they have these numbers. They're legit. They're better than this person because they got numbers. People use that argument a lot. People will say this person is better than this person because they sold more records. They, they fucking got more streams. But again, I think that the last true metric of how big an artist is are their ticket sales. Are people willing to take time out of their life and show up to see you? Okay, are they willing? Because anyone can click a song and stream it. Are people willing to spend 30 bucks or 50 bucks, which is like, I don't know, three of your albums, five of your CDs to fucking go see you live, put on a show? I think that is a more realistic metric to... And when, now when I say men lie, women lie, numbers don't, okay, let's look at ticket sales. That's where I think numbers have to be objective, right? Because you can't fake ticket sales. Okay. With streaming, this is a very clear-cut issue because I don't want, I do not want up-and-coming artists to see this, young artists to see this and get discouraged, or even worse, think that is the only route to success. I think that there are plenty of better ways to do things, and there are plenty of other ways to gain success in this world, in this market, than cheating. And I think doing it like this is just bad, and it's not good for the business, and it reflects poorly. And... Again, people will just look at it like, oh, business is business, etc., etc. In this 20-minute rant, if you take anything away, just t take away the fact that I feel like in this moment, intent doesn't matter. This is some foul business play. Whether g Easy was involved or not, um, it, he, it is his management group. He should claim some responsibility. And this is not me judging g Easy. I think any artist in this loop should claim responsibility, whether they're being forced into it or not. 
and that is where I stand. Once again, this is the Chase Talks Hip Hop Podcast. I love you all. Thank you for listening to my rants. And yeah, keep on kicking it in the free world, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.